Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Thanks for joining us for the Now You Know Akron podcast. I'm your host, Craig Webb. Our spotlight topic for today's podcast, well, will be trivia. We're going to sit down and have a chat with Matt Amodio the Medina High School graduate who went on for a fantastic run on Jeopardy and broke a few records along the way. But first, here's three things you should know from recent headlines from BeaconJournal.com. COVID-19 continues to dominate headlines. The latest include Alan Ashworth reporting how the Ohio National Guard is offering drive through tests in Akron starting this week. And those test times have already been gobbled up by residents who are eager to find out the results. Ohio National Guard troops are also assisting with medical facilities in the area as COVID cases continue to rise. Reporter Doug Livingston had a story about how the Akron Police Auditor is questioning the confidentiality agreement that's limiting what he can share with others. And finally, reporter Mark J. Price took a fantastic look at what the world would be like in the eyes of someone written in 1922, predicting what the world would look like 100 years later. Something came true. There are more women in Congress, as predicted, but the rolling sidewalks operated by electromagnetic power to connect buildings in downtowns, that certainly didn't come true. For more on these stories and other stories from Beacon Journal writers, be sure to visit BeaconJournal.com, our various apps, or subscribe to our print edition. Spotlight story. We're joined by Matt Amodio. What's Matt Amodio? That's Jeopardy. Jeopardy S question type question would be Matt Medina High School graduate who had a crazy good run on the popular TV game show Jeopardy this year. Matt is among the all-time best players on the show with 38 straight wins, just behind all-time winning streak champ and current Jeopardy host Ken Jennings. He also pocketed 1.5 million dollars. That's before taxes, putting him third on that all-time list. So enough about Matt. I think it's time to talk about me for a while, and I don't think anyone tuned in for that. But uh, so welcome, Matt. And I think that's kind of funny to say, welcome, Matt. I'm sure you've never heard that one before, right? Yeah, no, it's a good one. As far oh, as humans go, I'll, I'll take that. It's it's an old gym. So I, I guess what we'll start. You know, how is life now? And I, I think I did see that you were recently installed, or are you installed, or how how do you say that? Inducted, inducted into the Medina High School Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think I like inducted better. Uh, we'll we'll go with that. Uh, I think it's a wall of fame. I, I don't yeah. know. It's not a hall. I think it's actually a wall. I think. Oh, right. that's okay. You know, anything of fame uh, is pretty good. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, that was a big honor. I, I'm a proud graduate of uh, my Medina school system, uh, and to have that acknowledgement was just really nice. Uh, I, it was it was special. I think it gives you an all-time hall pass, perhaps. I don't know. Not that you ever find yourself. For those of you who don't know, Medina High School, one of the largest in the state, and it's, and I have, um, you know, two sons, um, who've gone through there now, and one currently there, and, and they, they have a parent night, and, and I get lost every time. They, yes. they have halls and colors, and it, it is, I, I'm not sure, maybe you just need to be a Jeopardy champ to find your way to class. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, it's complicated. I, uh, I, I had to work on the map in my mind uh, for several years. Eventually I got there, but, uh, but that was good. And I think my parents were more proud of that. Accom- 
accomplishment, the um, the Dinah School's uh, acknowledgement, than anything I did on Jeopardy. Uh, that was uh, that was really for them the the, the pinnacle, I think. <laughs> so, is it, kind of being a trivia guy is that kind of a family thing? I mean, you you kind of credit your parents a little bit, or, or is this, or are you just the oddball of the family who was sitting there reading in a no. you know, bathroom trivia books at the table? Well, this is very much a family passion. So I, uh, when I'm home for the holidays, we always play Trivial Pursuit. Uh, we watch Jeopardy ever since I was a kid. We would, uh, we would watch it together. And so it's definitely a, uh, a, a passion that was instilled in me from a young age. And this was just like the perfect bragging rights situation for me, uh, uh to be able to, uh, have accomplished this. So you're, you're still studying. Up in Connecticut, right? At some prestigious college. I forget the name, but you probably remember the name of your call. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, uh, what will be my last year of my PhD. Um, and so things are getting very busy as I'm trying to finish things up, discover what my next steps are going to be, all of that stuff. So it's, a, it's an exciting but um, nerve-wracking time. Did, did this put you behind a little bit in your studies? Or were you able to kind of pace it out? Yeah, I was able to do uh, do both. So um, Jeopardy just tapes a whole bunch of episodes in one day, and then uh, and then you're off. Uh, and so um, I was able to just like take a couple of days off here and there. I was doing schoolwork from a hotel in Los Angeles a lot of times, uh, and so that was um, uh, it, it was just a stressful time because I was doing so much uh, at once. But I, I wasn't put behind by it, which was good. So let's talk a little about Jeopardy because, you know, so I think some people, you know, what we see on TV is very different than probably what your day is like. So how many times did you try out? I mean, did you take the test multiple times? Yeah, so I took the test um, multiple times. I can't remember a handful, maybe three or four times. But uh, I got um, invited to an in-person audition, uh, which is the next step uh, after the test, once before um, my uh my successful one. So I, I did it in person. Um, you wait in the pool and they say, if we don't call you in a year and a half, 18 months, then you got to go through the whole process again. And so I did all that waiting in like 2016, 2017, uh, eventually said, all right, I got to get back in. And so I took it again, got invited to an in-person audition again. And then this time uh, they called me, but it's a, it's a, trial of patience that you really got to uh you got to want it over a several year period to uh uh to keep at it so i mean do they fly out coach do you fly yourself out <laughs> nope yeah they uh, they do it in like the major cities uh i was in uh connecticut at the time so i went to new york city um but i think that they they have them in cleveland and detroit and pittsburgh and so uh they they say like we're we're flexible enough uh you gotta, gotta just make it. So, so you're on the show. So, so you get your, your golden ticket. I mean, do you fly yourself out? Do they fly you out? How um, did that? Yeah, for the show, uh, they, um, they don't fly you out and they don't do your hotel, but you're guaranteed winnings on the show, even if you're in last. Uh, and so they give $2,000 to second place, $1,000 to last place. And they say, hopefully, um, that $1,000 will cover your, uh, your, your flights, uh, and, and hotel. Um, so, so, so you're on the show and are you 
in the back of your mind, keep thinking, well, I keep winning, but I'm supposed to check out by four. And- yeah. yeah, so uh, every day I had um, my hotel checked out, but I, I knew some of the times that if I won, I would be able to come back the next day. So, like, they often take, like, two days back-to-back and then wait a while, and then two days back-to-back and then wait a week or two. And so I knew several times that if I lost, I would be uh, all checked out, got all my stuff and going. But if I won, I have to come out of the studio at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., find a hotel, and get ready to do it all over again at 7 in the morning the next day. So you were literally staying not necessarily at the same hotel all the time. Yeah, no, there were I, there were times when I got back to the uh, hotel and they're like, we don't have any spots tonight, sorry. And so I you say, but, I, but I'm but i I'm. <laughs> they're like, I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I don't know. No, don't <laughs> care. <laughs> the um, so so this is kind of crazy. So how many did you tape in a day? Five. They do a whole week's worth, uh, Monday through Friday. And so you can see, uh, not just me, but other people, Monday shows, uh, they might have like clean shaven faces and look uh, a little fresh eyed. But by the Friday shows, you have some five o'clock shadow and a little bit of tiredness in the eyes. Uh, and that's because they, they do that arc of, um, Mondays in the morning and then eventually Friday episodes at night. So was there, a point, you know, it kind of interesting to kind of jump around here a little bit, but you know, I, I, I just found like, like during the show, were, were there, were there certain questions you're like, Oh, I, I can't believe I've blown it. I mean, there were some shows. It was close. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a stressful time. Uh, like until the episode was over and I was announced officially the winner, I always had doubts, uh, about the, um, something going wrong all the way through. So I was so worried, even in my big wins, that I was going to miss wager on Final Jeopardy. Like I would I would say uh, 10,000 when what I should have said is 1,000, and I would have blown a, a, a runaway. But then certainly there were close games where I really thought that I was, this is it, this is going to be the one, and I would pull them out uh, all until the last episode, of course. Now you are you have a math background from Ohio State. Yes, absolutely. And so that probably helped a little bit, right? You you were able to kind of do this in your head because you can't you know bring a calculator with you. You have to kind of right. Yes, although with final, so everything else is very time uh, sensitive and rushing uh, um, for for the game uh, dynamics. But before Final Jeopardy, the wagering they give you a piece of paper and a pencil. And then they give you pretty much as much time as you want to figure out your wager. And to me, that makes it even more stressful because if I'm just forced to do math in my head on the fly, then that's great. If I make a mistake, I'm human. But when they give you this amount of um, uh, material preparation, there's no excuse for uh, uh, for any um, any error. It would be like carelessness almost. And so I was like double checking, triple checking, quadruple checking my work uh, because of just how embarrassing it would be for a math person of all things to to make a mistake like that. Now, there are any questions you look back on and say, oh. I, I just can't believe I, I I didn't know that. I mean, how do you know? How do I forget yeah. that? Yeah. So I think uh, one thing that I uh, I don't give myself too hard of a time because in the moment of the show, I'm not reading 
the questions with as good of reading comprehension as I would do in a normal environment because I'm under the lights that there's, I'm trying to rush to start thinking of the answer that there's so much going on. There are times when I, I just wasn't properly considering it. Uh, but that being said, I missed a big daily double, which I wagered a lot on, on one of the most famous computer scientists of all time, Alan Turing, who I had just recently watched a movie about with Benedict Cumberbatch, and just, there were no, no excuse at all for me to get that question wrong. But lo and behold, I did. And, um, and those ones that are kind of in my wheelhouse, uh, but I made mistakes on anyway are, are really embarrassing. I'm glad I didn't miss any baseball questions. I, I did. Uh, I went 100 percent on uh, on my baseball questions, and that would have been embarrassing. Well, I don't think you got the Evan Costello, who's on first question. Oh, okay, that's true. That's that's baseball adjacent. But that but that's obscure trivia. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't either. And I'm a journalist and teaching the who, what, when, where, why, and how yeah. at Kent State <laughs> University, and I didn't get it either. And I and embarrassingly did a high school uh, talent show where I did the actual skit. And this was before transcripts. So, I, so imagine a young Craig Webb sitting there with a tape recorder, rewinding and listening to every word of that radio broadcast with Abbott Costello and transcribing it, it was... That's devotion. Well, and it it was awful because we we got messed up in the middle of it, and so you just kept... There's a rhythm to it. It was almost like a a carousel going around that we had to hop back on the carousel and get the get the pattern right too, but no, I guess the audience wouldn't know, but yeah. but yes, it was. And which, which role were you uh, in that? I was, I'm trying to think. I was, I was Abbott. So okay. yes. So it was, yeah. yes, it was an embarrassing uh, performance and, and there may be a videotape out there somewhere too. Uh, <laughs> it will surface something in, in the black market. So, you know, I, I just, we watched the show and it, it was just like some of these crazy things you would answer that were just so obscure and it's just, I mean, it's kind of hard to ask you how you know obscure things, but, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there, there were just some that were just like head scratchers. And, and, and on all subjects, I mean, you were kind of all over the map in, in knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I, I value knowledge. And so I um, uh, I kind of take trivia as a uh, as a hobby. So uh, I don't even necessarily think of it as um, like, oh, I'm an arts and crafts um, uh, enthusiast or I really like movies from the 40s that I just like knowledge at uh, everything. Uh, that I can find out. I, I go play uh, trivia at, at the uh, bars with my friends every week, and all the time people say something I don't know. Uh, I'm amazed they know it, but I try to learn it so that the next time it comes up, I, I, I have that in, in my back pocket. And then the other thing, I think Ken Jennings said this, and it's a motto I've always um, lived by, that uh, nothing can replace a lifetime of paying attention. And so I try to just observe and uh, uh, and really just just see everything around me and, and hope um, maybe one day I'll remember it. So we'll get back to the present. Did you do anything? Did you splurge? Is there anything you did like, all right, I got a little bit of money. Is there anything that was like a guilty pleasure or something that you like, you know what? I'm buying a car or, or. Yeah, not, uh, not really. So I'm a, I'm a frugal guy. Uh, and then I'm also a PhD student who has been living beyond his means for several years. And so this was kind of a, um, a really welcomed cushion. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just enjoying the, the idea of not having to like check my balance on my bank account quite so carefully for the immediate future. <laughs> so is it hard to 
kind of hide now? I mean, do do you find that people? I mean, maybe when you come home to Medina, like, hey, Matt, it's not because they went to high school with you, it's because. <laughs> yeah, I, so that was one thing that really amazed me. I I knew that a lot of people watched Jeopardy, so I figured while my run was going, I would have my fifteen minutes of fame, and people would want to talk to me. But then, like, I'd lost on a Monday, Tuesday morning. I'm yesterday's news. Forget about me. Nobody ever wants to talk to me again. I've been really surprised that that's not the case. And I've continued to have uh, uh, journalists want to talk to me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, And I continue to get uh, recognized in public. Uh, So just uh, last week, uh, I was out with a friend and uh, got stopped at a bar. And uh, there were people who were from out of town. And they said, Matt, it's Matt. And uh, they wanted pictures with me and an autograph. And it was just, it's fun. It's really fun. So you're kind of part of something special now. I mean, that, that you're kind of always be part of that Jeopardy family and, and until someone else comes and knocks you off the second perch and the third perch. But I mean, I, I think this means that, that we probably will see you again on Jeopardy. Yeah. I, uh, I, I hope to be there for the tournament of champions next year at some point, whenever they have it. Uh, and I, um, yeah, I just hope, hope to kind of stay as a lifelong Jeopardy, uh, uh, member of the family. Yeah, I was really pleased. Uh, I know it's a, been a tough time for the show. It's a transition period. And I, I was hope, hopeful that I could give some positive uh, energy at, at a time of uh, transition there for them. I care about the show a lot. I watched it for decades. And I know you did some fun things. I mean, obviously, I mean, maybe minor league baseball, but throwing a pitch out at the rubber ducks in Akron at Canal Park. Um, I like was it. Kind of fun. I mean, what was the... What was the geekiest thing that, that has happened or the person you met just like, well, okay, that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. So that was, that was a top one throwing out the pitch at the uh, Akron game. I, I like that a lot, but I also um, had the opportunity to do a charity event uh, with another Medina high school graduate uh, at the end of November, uh, Matt Patrick, um, who, who has um, even more fame than I as a, as a YouTube uh, uh, star. And um, he reached out to me. Uh, through that link of, uh, of being, uh, Medina High School grads and said, Hey, it would be cool if we did something together. And I was, I was floored. I was so pleased. I was happy to do it. And despite being both from Medina and he was five years older than me, I had never met him before. And that was great. So, uh, um, he, he was out in Los Angeles. I flew out and, uh, immediately it was like we weren't strangers because we had our, uh, our Northeast Ohio connection. It was, uh, it was great. Well, not even uh, – what about meeting um, Ken Jennings? I mean, you know, being a Jeopardy guy yourself, I mean, that probably was like – and, you know, you were in Vogue. You were in all these, you know, crazy publications and the Akron Beacon Journal, I might add. Yes, absolutely. I actually I actually haven't met Ken Jennings, so uh, that that's something to look forward to in the future. So he um, he was not host when I well, was. That's right. Uh, he, he came right uh, after you, or so you just missed him. But. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's still hopeful that I'll uh, I'll get a chance to meet him at some point in the future. He's really a um, somebody I've always looked up to. I think he gave you a shout out, right, in Twitter. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I I've been uh, acknowledged. Um, uh, like in the third person uh, by him. And I, I, I think I want to like frame those moments. Twitter doesn't really give you good um, like physical mementos. And so I'll have to print out a, like a, a page of a screenshot of it and then frame it. But I, I'll figure something out. So I guess my question would, you know, when we get towards the end here in final jeopardy, but um, 
what advice would you have to to someone who wants to be in jeopardy? I mean, and, and I guess maybe you should address the uh, what in the room. Um, your your was that a strategy saying what all the time, or was it a pattern, or was it just a nervous tick and you just never stopped because no, you don't want to It was absolutely a strategy because I knew I had never performed in front of an audience of more than I don't know three people my entire life. Uh, I, I mean, I guess the closest thing is playing high school baseball, uh, but really just not used to performing. I was expecting or at least preparing for the fact that I would go on television, lights would be on, camera would be on, they'd ask me my name, and I wouldn't even be able to come up with it. I might have crippling stage fright. And so I figured you should just get in the habit of saying what's, what's, what's as instinct to hopefully minimize the chance that you'll forget to phrase it as a question on the show. Because, of course, if you don't phrase it as a question, they're going to mark you wrong. Well, wasn't there kind of a famous Cheers episode that uh – Cliff, you know, went on and did he freeze? And then he had like every answer was wrong. You know, the, the know it all from the bar. And I, think, yep, and I, I think he blew it on Final Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about that. So, I mean, if somebody were a young kid like you mm-hmm. watching, I mean, what suggestions would you have? I mean, if there's yeah, so a think- cutting that. I think uh, the biggest thing is, is it, it might take a little bit of effort uh, to really read and learn about stuff that you're not inherently interested in. So I think that uh, for like trivia purposes, especially if you're pretty interested in a topic, you probably have pretty, pretty good coverage. So I like baseball. I, I know pretty much as much baseball as I'll need to know uh, for, for trivia purposes, but I'm not a hockey fan. And so I I have to make an effort and watch hockey with my friends. I go to the ESPN pages that are not MLB and and try to stay up with things. And pretty soon I find out that one of the reasons why I wasn't interested in it before is I didn't know enough. And once I start learning – I'm like, oh, now, now this is interesting. I understand the rules of the game. It's a more fun now. And so I think that once you really like take a dive into something you don't expect to like, you might end up finding you like it. And not only do you know more now, but you just have a new interest, a new hobby. So it's a win-win. Oh, very good. I, I, I guess I'm curious. I mean, when you're out, I mean, do people challenge you with trivia questions now? Is that like a thing? I mean, is it like, I got one for you? Yeah, I, I haven't gotten that too much, I think. Uh, I, I'm pretty intimidating, so I guess they know, uh, uh, they know I, um, I'll handle it. But I do get ribbed anytime I forget anything in like casual conversation. So I, I, I forgot that I arranged to, to meet up with somebody on, on Thursday, and then they say, what, do you not have a good memory or something? Like, oh, you can remember some random fact from the 1700s, but you can't keep our uh, appointment in mind. And so I get that kind of ribbing, and I deserve it. I can take it. Okay, well, let's let's. Um, I know this is a hacky kind of thing to do, but I'm a hacky kind of guy. So, so let's have one final Jeopardy question, and your category is going to be high school sports. <laughs> and in this category, you have to wager it all. So it, it's all or, or nothing. So yeah. <laughs> so here's your clue. This athlete holds the all-time strikeout record at Medina High School. This ball player struck out 20 batters in 1967 over eight innings. This person also coached Jeopardy champ Matt Amodio. Do, 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 do. I'll, I'll hum along here. He's, wow. I, have we stumped yeah. Also, coach Jeffrey Champ, Madam Yeah, so I, I, I'm thinking through the uh, the years there. Is that going to be Mr. McMullen? That would be Mike McMullen. Very wow. Good. I had no idea he had the strikeout record. Good for him. 
And it's funny because my, my son um, actually played for Mike um, this past summer and, and plays baseball at Medina, or my son Ethan, and he saw this on the wall, and he's like, you really McMullen holds the all-time strikeout record? Think about that. that that's that's amazing. 20 batters over I, eight I, innings. I mean, I, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically everybody. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I loved him as, uh, as a coach. He's a great guy. Uh, just a, a, a fantastic temperament. Um, very nice, but also, like, knows how to squeeze a little bit of effort out of you. Uh, just a fantastic experience. And I might add, he, he is, if you ever need a phone a friend for Star Trek trivia. Mike yeah. <laughs> I remember some of that. Yeah. Uh, and then I think he was also uh, with Battlestar uh, Galactica. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's good. It's always fun when you get to know your coaches as more more as rounded people as well. Well, I regret to inform you, Matt, that you only bet a dollar. So okay. you are not today's Jeopardy champion. That's all right. I was, you just uh, go home with $5,000. Uh, I, I did learn an important uh, piece of knowledge, though, so I'm really the winner anyway. Well, Matt, thank you so much, and, and we really appreciate you joining us, and and good luck on the uh, tournament champions. We'll be watching. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure, and have a great rest of the day. That's all we have today for the Now You Don't Akron podcast. Be sure to join us again next week. Episodes are released every Wednesday or thereabouts wherever you download your favorite podcasts. They're also available on BeaconJournal.com and our various apps. Before we go, we have to thank our producer, BJ Lisko. Without him, this, well, quite honestly, it wouldn't be possible. And we urge you to support local journalism by becoming a subscriber. If you've already signed up, you have my heartfelt thanks. Until next week, Now You Know Akron.